All right, well, here we are, day one of the coronavirus. <laughs> well, we are starting our new journey, uh, some homeschool action, some remote teaching for me. Uh, boy, we are, um, we're going a road that nobody's ever traveled before. But we've got uh, several billion people joining us on this journey around the world, so um, we are not alone. We are all in this boat together, um, now more than ever. But uh, So we wanted to take advantage of this time to try to document what we believe will be um, a really significant moment in human history. And uh, to my right, I have the lovely Abigail Eggie. Uh, who will help uh, chart our course through this experience. And to my left is the rough and tumble Harper Lule Eggie, <laughs> who will add some spice to our journey. And I am Isaac Eggie. The father. Uh, the father and... Of the gods. <laughs> and the current teacher. Yep, yeah, I get to be a teacher for my current students who are um, now being taught remotely <coughs> and for these numbskulls who will um, have to accept my uh, treacherous assignments. Oh, but So yeah, we are, we are going down a path of confusion, of fear. How else would you describe it, girls? What are, what are we dealing with right now? Death. Well, unfortunately, yeah. There is death around us, yes. Hopefully it won't be significant. And hopefully it will avoid those we love. What about and what, those what, we don't love anyways? Like, not, what's a word for not knowing what's going to happen next, but in like a negative way? Well, these are uncertain times for sure. What are you thinking about? Just like scary, like who's gonna like I don't know who's gonna get it first, or like mm -hmm. especially someone in our family. You know what I kind of thought about today was the idea that this is almost like we're swimming in the ocean, and we know there's sharks out there. Yeah. We just don't know who's going to get attacked. Yeah, we know they're going to get attacked, but we just don't know who, and we can't really see the shark. Right, the shark is below the surface, kind of. Invisible. Invisible, but we know it's there, right? And it, I think that makes this so much more, so much scarier for most people. Where I thought about, like, why don't car accidents scare people? Uh -huh. You know, tens of thousands of people like every year. We don't year. worry about that. But we don't worry about that. But we worry about this unknown virus. And maybe it's just because it's unknown. I don't know. Why do you think we. Why do you think this scares us so much, Lou? Um. Well, let me ask you this. Does it scare you? Or do you... How are you feeling about this right now? Um, I think it would scare me if, like, one of our family members or friends... Or maybe not even somebody we care about, but somebody that we just have seen get it. It mm -hmm. could scare you mm -hmm. or make you sad. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. Yeah, same what about thing. you? Same thing? Yeah, like, I'm scared, like, if someone that we know is going to get it. Not that I only care about the people that we only know, but, like, how many more people are going to get it. Yeah, yeah. How much it's going to affect people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or our family. How do you think we'll handle that if that happens? Well, I think we'll handle it well because most people in our family are healthy. Mm -hmm. All Tough of them are healthy. Mm-hmm. So Tough and rough. I think we'll handle it pretty well. It's probably not going to affect us too much. but Hopefully. Hopefully. But um, what are we doing to stay healthy? Um, hand sanitizer. Wash <laughs> your hands. Which we can't find any of. Mm -hmm. Exercise. Eat healthy. Eating carrots like I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Lots of, uh, lots of washing and limiting contact. Uh, that was something that was pretty uh, awkward today for me, going to going to work and having my colleagues there, and yeah. kind of wondering, um, like, do they have it? Should I get near them? Is anybody here sick? Right? Is that yeah. shark 
going to emerge here. And then even earlier this morning, I was at the gym where we had about uh, 16 people show up. And I kind of was wondering, like, do any of them have it? Right? I, I find myself being uh, paranoid of people. Not fearful, but just what we call vigilant. Right? Being, being kind of suspect of everybody. Right? Yeah, interesting. But uh, I think we'll get used to that. Um, keeping our distance. And, it's kind of scary such. though. Like I can't even go to Asha's house because I'm scared she has it because her dad came in contact with someone that does. What does her dad do? Her dad is a paramedic. Mm-hmm. It's a paramedic. So takes people to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Those... Takes them up from her house and them ha- their house and then takes them That's to the pretty. hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those people are really at risk. Um, but you know, knowing her father, he's in very good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so odds are, uh, even if he got it, it would pass, uh-huh. like the flu or a cold, and and uh, you know, figure it out from there. So, so for us, what's our plan? What are we going to be doing? Like how? We, we, Cuddling we, with Mr. Nixon. Cu- well, of course, we have to have our daily cuddles with Mr. Nixon. Um, but what what do you think? Uh, abs, how are we going to spend our days? Because we could have, they say, three weeks of no school. I think we're talking about no school for the rest of the school year. Yay! Well, yay, That's but... Yay. That's so, so what are we going to do? How do we deal with this? Well... I don't know how we're going to deal with it, but I'm going to spend most of my time baking stuff. You mean like today where you baked nothing and watched nothing but YouTube all yeah. day? And Not YouTube, Beeps Netflix. Creek. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you thinking about baking? What's going to be your first thing that you bake? I want to bake cheesecake. Please don't oh. say chocolate chip cookies. You're horrible at them. <laughs> <laughs> so cheesecake. All right. What kind of cheesecake? Normal cheesecake. Just normal cheesecake? And then I'm going to try normal cheesecake first, and then I'm going to see how it goes, and then I'm going to try other kinds. But this is a unique occasion. Shouldn't it be a Corona-inspired cheesecake? <laughs> a green cheese, green apple? <laughs> no, green boogers. Oh, there we go. That booger would be a Lule special, a, burger che- a booger cheesecake. Burger. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, but what do, what do we think? So you're going to talk, you're going to do some baking. What else, what else do you think we should be doing to take advantage of this time that we have? Because look, in reality, we are all crazy busy. Think about our days normally, right? Just like everybody else out there. We have school, we have work, we have sports, we have everything. We band. travel, we have band. We, I mean, it, it feels like we're always on the go. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That changes no, now. So what else can we do with our time? Okay. We can absolutely sleep because I told everybody here. Sleep in! Sleep, Especially okay. Abby and Nixie. <laughs> um, we can do some basketball tournaments. Basketball tournaments outside? Absolutely. <laughs> we'll um, be recording. None of you will ever beat me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you better watch out. I'm coming. My goal is 52 and I've made it. All right. All right. My goal is my highest. Is so, basketball tournaments, what can we do in terms of school? Because, you know, you, your teachers are going to do their best to provide you with some basic material. But, you know, it's I think it's my job to give you some some challenging stuff. Like, what do you think? What do you think I ought to be putting together for you? Well, I don't know about you putting stuff together for us, but I think especially I should take advantage of not having tests or anything. Uh-huh. Taking advantage of that by like studying for something that I know will come up if this doesn't go on for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. What 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 kind of stuff would you study? Math. Math. Okay. Um, I think you should like take advantage of the time that like, um. In school, like the things that you're struggling in, like subjects that you're struggling in, or, yeah. Okay, like what? What are you struggling in? Um, a little bit of math. I'm a, I'm a lot better at language arts. I like science. Um, I'm missing one. 
Social studies. Social studies. You better be good at social studies. <laughs> Come on. Um, I don't do this. So what we're doing right now is we are actually making what in social science terms is called a primary source document. Is this what we're doing when, like, what we're doing what Grandma Jeanette did and, like, later on in life, our grand, great-grandchildren can listen to that like we did to Grandma Jeanette? That is an amazing point, and you are exactly right. I think it's important. Well, you guys tell me. Do you think it's important that we document these times yes. so others can learn from us? Yeah. Why? Because, like you always say, like the history books don't usually tell you the full story. Mm-hmm. So if, like, my great-grandchildren one day are, like, reading about what happened, like, right now, like the coronavirus, mm -hmm. then they probably won't have all the information, and then they could listen to this, and then they'll have all of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So what is the information? What's going on right now? What is today's date? Today is the... 16th, 16th. of Jan Jan not January. March. March. March 16th, 2020. Yep. March 16th, 2020. And as of today, we are seeing um, several countries around the world struggling mightily. Italy has been shut down for, uh, for over a week. Uh, Spain and France have subsequently shut down. Um, England, England is becoming harder hit. Uh, the cases in New York City are exploding. Uh, Seattle has been... Uh, hit particularly hard. The Bay Area has seen a significant spike uh, in uh, in cases and has just today, uh, Governor Gavin, Gavin Newsom has ordered a shelter in place for six counties within the Bay Area covering, oh gosh, I probably would say six to seven million people. In addition to that, people over 65 can't come out of their house. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Because old people are affected more. Yeah. yeah they have weaker immune systems. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, our amazing, uh, your amazing auntie and my sister is working her butt off dealing with uh, sick people in Santa Rosa, uh, woefully um, undersupplied and undersupported, but still doing what she does best uh, what she's really Besides designed to do. Um, and our beautiful mother and my wife is doing the same in Roseville, uh, trying to stay healthy. But as always, she has like the immune system of like she's too healthy. 20 million people combined. <laughs> she's too healthy. You can never be the too healthy. The mac and cheese she bought is disgusting because it's too healthy. <laughs> <laughs> but as both of these ladies, uh, two of the most amazing women in our lives, uh, they uh, they Don't continue to put Rosanna. Oh yeah, and Auntie Rosanna also putting herself she's out there. She's probably going to be called in to do some nursing work uh, when it's been a while. But, um, you know, but all three of these. She does, but a lot People of these nurses. With diabetes are actually more at risk. Yeah. And a lot of nurses, no matter who they are and what they do, may be asked to begin to probably do things normal. that they're not normally accustomed to. To yeah, help go with, help in the emergency room or something. To help with people who are very sick. So, uh, but with the case with uh, Auntie Rosanna, Auntie Hannah, and Mama, uh, all three of them are people who put uh, the well-being of others uh, ahead of them. Um, they are, you know, that is the very definition of heroes. And uh, we're lucky to be around three women like that. Especially Auntie Rosanna, who's been through a lot, and then shares her knowledge yep. doing the same thing for other people. Yeah. Like with diabetes. Absolutely. Stuff. Absolutely. So um, things are strange. They're going to get stranger. But uh, we're going to be okay no matter what. We're going to take yeah. care of each other. And uh, we're going to hunker down, take advantage of this big property that we have. Hopefully the sun it's comes raining. out soon. I know enough of this darn rain, but we have a nice fire going. 
The dogs are hunkered down. The cat is hunkered Kina down. Kina is farting like crazy. Kina <laughs> is farting like crazy. Fumigating my house. We're going to watch a little bit of AI. What's up? Which I should have been a contestant on and probably would have won the whole thing. They say I have a voice of an angel. I don't know. You could be Alejandro. Oh. Homie. If I was gay, I'd marry Alejandro. <laughs> but, uh, so. Or you yes. could marry Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, today will mark the very first day that we begin to document this journey, and we hope that uh, it'll be useful for people in the future uh, to look back and see um, what it was like to live through the days of coronavirus. So, until tomorrow, Adios. peace out, y'all. Adios. Muchachos. Yes, I. Don't you worry about a thing, because everything will be all right. Here we are, day two of Eggie's kicking Corona. Stuck in the house, nothing to do, ripping each other's heads off. Chaos, dogs and cats living together. All hell's breaking loose. Dear God, help us. Nah. We're getting by just fine. What's up, ladies? How's it going? Good. Yeah? Great. Well, what's been what's been good? What's been great? Tell me what's um, up. Staying at home, watching TV for only an hour. Only an hour? Yeah. I call baloney. Hey. Uh, never mind. I don't know what it's going to say. <laughs> Is it just literally been an hour? That's uh, all you got? Yeah. I already wrote it down on the whiteboard. Oh. So, Abigail, like, uh, how much TV did you watch today? Uh, an hour. Just an hour? Yeah. Oh, man, look at this. We got compliant young ladies. And doing... I came up with it. <laughs> well, I think I might have watched far more than that today. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so how are you guys feeling? What's been going on? Are you feeling, feeling okay about everything today? And um, Well, I like being out of school, but it's kind of stressful having... To do all the work without any like the teacher's help, because uh -huh. um, it's a lot less stressful like at school going classroom class so one cool. at a time doing things one at a time, where here it's like okay, it's pretty hard because you're just bombarded with, it. you realize how much you have to do in a day of school mm -hmm. and then you don't have the teachers there and it's like crazy. Do you think you could get used to doing this like on a regular basis like homeschool? I could get used to it, but I don't really want to do it. Huh. What do you miss most about school right now? Um, my friends and well, you, having the wait, teachers wait, wait, help. You, you don't have friends. So <laughs> what, what do you really miss about school? Um, the teachers help, like uh -huh. clarifying things, because a lot of things I'm like, wait, what's that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Are you in contact with your friends, like over text and stuff? How are they feeling? What are they saying these days? Um, well, some of them like it because it's like we're out of school, but others like, like me are just like super stressed out about it. Okay. And what well but what stresses you out the most? Um like not like having all this to do without the teacher's help. Okay, so that's really what's getting at getting to you. Yeah. What about you, Lou? What do you what are you thinking these days? Like you, you well, enjoy being out, you wanna go back? Like what I think that when you're here doing your work without any teachers explaining it, it's hard. But because you don't get it explained to as well, when, but when you're just doing it, it's like, okay, you have to do that and understand it, but you don't get it explained as well. But also at school, sometimes they can explain it, and then you'll get it, but they explain it more, and um, they explain it too much, and then you're just confused and you don't get it. Like, they over-explain right. it. Okay. Oh, Hmm, that's an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about it like that. Yeah. So, um, so what's going on today in the world? What is today? Today is... St. Patrick's Day. Holy cow, that's the smell in the air. We got corned beef and cabbage cooking that's as we That's what it was. Speak. I did not know it was St. 
St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, seriously. That. <laughs> you didn't see the leprechaun running through the yard? Our neighbor Mark took a shot at him and everything. And just, oh, dear I God. did not know that. But uh, yeah, the one thing we're missing. What is the one thing we're missing? Keith. Keith? <laughs> <laughs> it's not St. Patrick's Day without Keith Masterson. Yeah, that would be super cool to spend it with them, man. I miss those guys. Yeah. But no, what are we missing? Carper. Wrong. Guinness. Where is my Guinness? What you'll know, you'll figure it out one day. But um, yeah, because of this darn lockdown, I wasn't able to run up there. I mean, I could have run up there and got some Guinness, but uh, what is Guinness, Guinness is a beer? beer. It's a dark beer that comes from Ireland, and it is um, known commonly as the nectar of the gods. So anyway, so we have the 17th of March. Uh, the Bay Area is now under a shelter-in-place order. It just spread to Sonoma County, where all of our peeps are located. Peeps. Uh, we have my buddies who were kind of going, whoa, okay, what do we make, make of this, this occurrence? Uh, obviously Bubby and grandpa are directly affected and Abelita, and Abelita they, um, Auntie Hannah. and well, Auntie oh, Hannah is a whole no nother kettle of fish and we'll, we'll, we'll get to her in a minute. And Easton. But, um, well, Easton, you know, as long as he's got his trucks, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He had a total meltdown today. Well, that, oh, that must have been, that's maybe the first maybe, meltdown he's maybe had his, in his life. his truck got taken away. Something. Probably. Well, Auntie Hannah tends to be a little bit mean. <laughs> you know, so who he, knows? She gives him way, she but, doesn't uh, give him enough trucks. <laughs> but, so anyway, so what we're looking at is probably this shelter in place expanding, and it's going to keep pe more and more people into their homes, and, you know, who knows where we're going to go from there. Uh, we're going to have a special guest join us here shortly to share some of the details of what uh, they're hearing behind the scenes. We actually got somebody who really is in the know uh, who might um, shed some light on the situation. But before... I was going to call Andy and she could go on it too. Because I was supposed to call her to me. Oh, really? Oh. No. <laughs> we'll get her on eventually. So um, I have some questions for you guys. Is that cool? Can I ask a few questions? So um, how, aside from school not being in, how has this changed you, altered your normal life? Abby? Um, in a lot of ways. Routine, mainly, because it's kind of like out of what we normally do, which is good for sometimes. But um, I like it because I don't have to wake up as early. Oh, uh, okay. Lou? It's kind of like what Abby said, but like different routine, which I also think is good. But like, I think it's different, like a lot different, which is good for you to finally get something different because everything's always the same. Like you wake up at seven, you go to school, you do schoolwork, you go to recess, you uh, get lunch, you go home, mm -hmm. and you go to bed, and then the same thing over and over again. <laughs> you must have my blood in you, <laughs> because that, that is exactly the kind of thing that used to bother me, is that routine over and over and over again. I believe it makes people what we call complacent, which... People just get so used to that routine that they think that's the only routine that exists in the world, right? And as we're finding out now, and as much of the world has always known, routine can change quickly and dramatically and traumatically. And uh, that's what we're starting to see now. So the one thing that I've really, that's really affected me is the concept of time is I always felt like we were rushing everywhere. Mm -hmm. Sports and school and, and recreation and, and fitness and band and friends and just nonstop. And I always used to kind of wonder and ask mama, like, why are we doing this? Why, why are we burning the candle at both ends? Really just hustling like, 
is this a race? Are we going to win something by doing this? Like, where's the trophy? Well, guess what? There's the no trophy. trophy. Is death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually it all ends when your days end, right? When when you finally die. That's when the hustle ends. So it's interesting that the one thing that bothered me the most about our lives, which was how crazy our lives were, has now completely changed. The one thing we have tons of is family. Time. <laughs> time with family. Time with Friends. the outdoors. Right? Time to read. Time, time to, to think. Learn. Time to learn. But we're always learning. We're always <laughs> learning, yeah. So it's it's in a way a really exciting time to see kind of what do we do when we have to create opportunities uh, to fill our time. So another question for you. What how do you think, I'll back up, this is going to go on for a while. Yeah. How do you think this is going to change our society? <coughs> Abigail, what do you think? Like, what do you what think society? the, what is society? Great question. How is this going to change the way in which people live their lives in this world? How will it affect people's thinking? How might it affect the way our government works, like what will be the long-term impact of this? Do you have any thoughts about that? Maybe to be prepared next time, like oh. next time this happens, mm -hmm. just be a little more educated on this will happen again. Hmm. And what like kind we of? We weren't what, prepared when yeah. this came. What do you think the preparation would 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 be, or what what should it be? Well, first of all, always taking precautions like we're doing now, even when there isn't a pandemic going around the world, mm -hmm. like constantly washing your hands, being mm -hmm. healthy, not touching your face all the time, exercising, eating well. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Lou, any ideas about how this might affect our world in the future or the way people think or the way people behave? Have you, have you thought about that at all? Really? I don't really know. Uh -huh. That's but, okay. But said that um, you should be, like, uh, prepared. Prepared. But uh -huh. uh, she said that you should be washing your hands uh, because this is happening and, like, eating healthy and stuff like that. But I think you should always be doing that. That's hmm. nice. Are you guys prepared? Um, <coughs> yes, but... It doesn't, we're not as affected, like, vulnerable to the virus as other people are. Like, we're not as... Only the future it. will tell. Mm -hmm. Right? So, in a sense, you're saying maybe we don't have to be as prepared because maybe we're not as vulnerable. But we should still be prepared because, like, yeah. they're, they're saying there haven't been many cases of children, like, getting mm -hmm. sick from it. Mm -hmm. But... That might just be because they haven't reported anything about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, here's your chance. What questions do you have about what's going on around us? Do you have any anything that you're really wondering? Thank you. I don't know about questions, but I'm oh, questioning, like, how things are going to, like, change or who's going to, like, it's just kind of, I'm just trying to go with the flow because no one really knows what's going to happen next. I think that's what you call sage advice. Go with the flow because nobody knows what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh. Everybody ought to take that advice from you. Lou? I got a question. Fire. Um, when people get it, what in the, in the, or say they test and they're positive and they have the coronavirus, what do they like do with them? Like, so if you test positive for the coronavirus, and... what happens to you? Is that what you're asking? I know like the... Um, things that happen to you, mm -hmm. like you cough, sneeze, fever, and stuff mm -hmm. like that, but like, what do they do with you? Well, it depends, and we'll have, our special guest will be able to answer this question in a lot more depth, 
But it really depends on a lot of factors, how old you are, what your symptoms are, how sick you really are, what your risk factors are. And really, they're not going to do much with you at this point unless you are very sick. So if I got the coronavirus, uh, odds are the doctor would say, stay home, isolate yourself. You know, we'd like, I'd go over in our guest house and drink lots of water, take ibuprofen and some Tylenol and just relax and let the virus run its course. Now, if I was really sick, super dehydrated, a cough where I had trouble breathing, then they would probably bring me into the hospital and they would evaluate what to do from that point. So right now, most people are probably being told, just go home and chill and don't spread it to anybody else. Because they want to, really, they, they, they don't have the cure yet, mm-hmm. but they just want to slow it down. That's exactly right. That all, right now we're just the world is focused on slowing this thing down. Do you know why we're trying to slow it all down? Because it's spreading really fast. It it is. And but what what's the one reason why we're really trying to slow this down? Any uh, idea? So the population doesn't. Well, a, a, that would be an outcome of it. Uh, grow, uh, spreading really quickly, but mainly because our hospitals are not equipped to handle tens of thousands or millions of people coming in at one time. Oh, right? I have a comment. You have a comment? Yeah. Go. People, I heard this from somebody, but people are probably coming into the hospital, oh, I have the coronavirus, laugh, but they actually don't. Right. But when and they get tested, oh, you don't have it, you're Clear to go. They get it from the hospital. Don't waste it. Well, but here's, I'll back up. They're not actually going to test just anybody. There aren't enough test kits out there to just test anybody. So right now, as I'm sure uh, our lovely Auntie Hannah is experiencing, they're only probably testing people that are super sick. And so otherwise, they're going to say, go home, take care of yourself. Good luck to you. All right? So not everybody's getting tested but now. What if somebody just has the flu and they right. think they have it. Well, it depends again how sick it. it depends again how sick you are, right? If you're just have the normal flu, there's really not much you can do for the flu anyway. Yeah. Right? So people die from the flu all the time. Yeah, well, people get the flu all the yeah. time. And some people die, but not not I mean not many. Again, back to what we talked about yesterday, far more people die from car accidents around the world than from the flu every year. So, Abigail, question. you have a question. Why are old people more like prone to the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. How about we hold that question for our special guest? Okay. All right. Wait, so we'll um, come back I to that. I think we should talk a little bit about school. About school? Or talk about school. school. Please, let's not talk about school. Yeah, let's shift gears. Let's... I just want to say I did so much math today. Okay. And I do not want to do any more math. Well, I'm sick of it. Do you enjoy math? Uh, no. Well, I know Why how Why do they do. say that? Because I actually kind of like math. Okay, but tell me this. What kind of math were you doing today? I was doing times, division, rounding, expanded form. Okay. What, um, what is expanded form? So you write, say they give you a number, 96,312. <laughs> you would do like the 9,000, wait, 90,000 plus the 6,000 plus, wait, what did I say? 412 mm-hmm. plus the 400 and then plus the 10 and then plus the 2. So you're just adding the digits together to get the number. You just became a better math teacher than me, Sean, and Jim at my school. So you now could come and teach math far better than (laughs) myself or these two other screwballs that I call colleagues. So anyway, ladies, do you smell that smell? Do you smell that smell? It's not me farting, even though I just farted. (laughs) It it is... Corn beef time. Uh, So we're going to take a break. We're going to take a break, eat some yummy corn beef, and then we're going to come back 
with a super sexy special guest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is our distinct honor to introduce the tequila shooting, trail running, Billy Goat, nurse, Nettie Airman of the Year 1999 for the European Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, the sexy Mama Nettie. Yeah, we're not. It's not often that uh, we get celebrity guests on our uh, little podcast here, but when we do, we like to welcome them in style. So, um, wow, ladies, yes. tell us about your mama. She's amazing. She's the best. No, mother. I said to be honest about your mama. <laughs> uh, she's terrible. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's podcast How would you describe your mama? So, uh, you know, we've been kind of, the girls and I the last two days have been sharing out a little bit about our experience and, uh, you know, the reality is um, you're dealing with something that uh, I'd say 98% of society isn't isn't navigating and doesn't understand fully. Um, so, like, where's your, just generally speaking, like, um, welcome, by the way. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you're uh, like Oprah. <laughs> so where's your head at? Like, just where's your head at with what's going on around us right now? Just generally. Um. Well, I have to say, like probably a lot of other people, I hate to admit this, but my reaction and response was a little bit delayed. I think because I'm more of a positive thinker, unlike my awesome spouse. <laughs> Um, so you're now, so you're implying that there might have been somebody around you who was telling you where this was going, maybe and you a thought, little, thought but that I, person I, was full of shit. I oftentimes we're very different in a lot of ways. So when you take a certain position, it's my reaction to take the opposite position, mm -hmm. and yeah. I think that's why we do a good job of parenting because it's balance. Mm -hmm. So when I see the pendulum swinging one way with you, I tend to take the other way. But, you know, now I, I feel like I'm seeing the forest through the trees and I do feel like I'm level-headed with the situation um, and still trying to see the silver lining through this, mm -hmm. which there's a lot of lessons that we're learning through this process. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if we navigate this correctly, we can grow from it and that's the approach that I'm trying to take when I start to feel like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of lessons do you think, what would you like to see people learn? Whether it's uh, your family, your community, the nation, the world, like uh, any specific thoughts? Oh, so many. I think I overheard Abby say that people aren't prepared enough and that's absolutely true. And we live in a society where we haven't had this experience before. We've lived in a bubble. We've been very fortunate as a country to not suffer as many as other nations that have been around a lot longer than us. So mm -hmm. we, we just don't think that way. We haven't evolved that way. So this is, this is huge. In our lifetime, I think... 9-11 is the biggest thing. So here's the next thing, which is we're seeing that is much bigger. And it's Mother Nature, which is scary. There's nothing really that we could have done to prevent this. Mm -hmm. But it's a matter of thinking we're not invincible. Um, but from all of our industry perspectives, I think we're all learning how to do our work differently, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love innovation 
and there's so much. We're all trying to figure out how we're going to survive in this existence where we're all locked in our homes, but trying to figure out how people get food, how people get health care, how we maintain our fitness, how we stay connected. How so many small businesses will, will stay yeah, afloat. Restaurants are innovating and in how they deliver food. And I think that that's the part where when we look back and we thought, oh, we can't operate in this way, mm -hmm. we, we can. And so that, you know, that's a bonus. So, so I'll push back a little bit because, you know, right after 9-11, there was so much uh, uh, unity on a global level, on a national level, and then it all fell apart and actually swung – far the other way so that there's just divisions. And I would say that 9-11 was the beginning of, of the era of divisiveness. So like, how can we, will this be different in your mind or yeah, will because, we just yes, swing back to the, to the previous norm? I, I think so because it's comparing apples and oranges. Okay. This is a global problem. Mm -hmm. And where 9-11, we were being personally attacked. So we put our walls up and felt like, you know, the outside was the evil. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we heard that word a lot. Mm -hmm. Where this is, the evil isn't human. Mm -hmm. It's different. So, and as globally, we're relating to each other and, and learning from each other, both scientifically, <coughs> socially, and otherwise. And it's interesting because the United States is on the tail end of this spectrum. Mm -hmm. So we're learning from other nations about how they're handling it. And we're getting messages from like people in Italy about what they wished they had known three weeks ago where mm -hmm. we're at. Right. So I don't think you can compare. And mm -hmm. so two different enemies. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a fascinating point. Um, you know, we, we put ourselves as a nation up on a pedestal. We say, you know, America is the greatest country to ever grace the face of the earth and then suddenly we go oh shit we can't care for our own yeah uh, and we're having to learn from south korea we're having to learn from china we're yeah. having to learn from italy and i think know? what's interesting is some of these countries that we've seen as communist countries or um more countries that are less developed they've been through this before with different epidemics of SARS and whatever so they're actually more prepared well we were talking the other day about about Europe you know it was only what 85 90 years I don't know how many years ago was that uh, 80 years ago where Europe was under siege so there is still an kind of an institutional memory about living in tumultuous times, whereas, as you put a while ago, you said, this is our first journey of pain. Right. You know, this is our collective struggle, unlike anything we've ever seen before. Um, unfortunately, most of us will probably, may very well know someone who passes because of this. Um, you know, find me a time in recent history where uh, that's been the case in the United States. Now you go to Sub-Saharan Africa and, and death is, is the norm of the day. Uh, you know, you, you live anywhere in the world uh, in developing countries, but not here. Right. Not here. We sweep these things under the rug. So, so you've, been, you've been back at work now for a couple of days uh, since this thing really kicked into high gear. Um, what are, what are you seeing from the healthcare standpoint? Like, what are a couple things that are really jumping out at you as like, you know, putting you back on your heels? Well, like I said, I think generally I'm more of an optimist, but what's really got me down in our lack of preparedness is how we are unable to protect our healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. Um, having worked in the emergency room for the first, almost first decade of my career, I have a lot of friends, you know, colleagues that I consider family that came to our wedding in Mexico, mm -hmm. um, you know, Auntie Hannah and people who are 
caring directly for these patients without the proper um, personal protective equipment. And it, it seems unfathomable to me that in our society, we don't have the supplies to protect our, 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 the people to take care of our society, which means that they're going to probably start infecting people. Mm-hmm. Our most basic of services, health services, are, I mean, really on par with a number of developing nations where, you know, you'll... you'll... Actually, subpar. Because <laughs> we've compared the personal protective equipment that they're using in China, Korea, um, even Italy, which is inundated, and nurses are being asked to nurses are being asked to bring swim goggles to work because there's no um, eye protection. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's been the most disturbing, I think. Otherwise, other than the infrastructure with the testing and the supplies, I think we're handling it as well as we could. The communication lines are open. Everybody is leaning in. I'm super impressed with how everybody just wants to help. I think as healthcare workers, that's our nature. And everybody's just eager to, to play a part. Um, but we can't help the infrastructure and that's yeah. the frustrating part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's systemic barriers. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's a, a kind of a foundational flaw to our healthcare system, which we're now seeing, you know, I saw uh, governor Como speaking this morning where he talked about there being, uh, I'm just, I don't recall the exact numbers, but let's say, um, nationwide, like 200,000 ICU beds, Right. And they talked about that projections were shooting for, you know, 300,000 people needing ICU care, potentially. Yeah. Um, you know, like, how, how do you fix that right away? I mean, right. granted, the next phase is will be the attempt at the fix of that, where we mobilize the National Guard, the Army Corps of, uh, of Engineers. We start to establish field hospitals. But now you're talking about massive government coordination uh, between you know public entities and private entities, and you know that that has has historically never gone well. Well, and you know to your point, you know we're on the tail end of of this pandemic, so the demand has already been requested from other countries. So ventilators, mm-hmm. equipment. Um, there's nowhere to get it right? because we're on the tail end. So, and what a lot of people don't realize, especially Americans who are sacrificing so much, you know, losing incomes, um, financial instability, staying home, you know, all this stuff. And they don't see what's really happening is that our healthcare system is fragile as it is during flu season Mm -hmm. that we're already teetering on the edge of, um, fragility in the hospitals, you know, patients in hallways, no beds, people being in the ER for multiple days. So you add a pandemic and the whole thing crumbles. So like thinking through that, right. I mean, some, you know, you'll hear the political heads saying, you know, we need nationalized healthcare or we need to expand privatized healthcare or wherever it falls on the political spectrum. But the, how does a system efficiently prepare for something like this when it is so rare, like prepare in a manner that it provides effective care to a general population during normal times, but then can scale up to manage the (coughs) massive influx of patients. So like, that's the part I'm struggling with, right? Is, is it even possible? Well, I mean, if you look at the nations that are overcoming this faster, it's the it's the countries that have been through this before. Hmm. Um, so North maybe they're... Korea in particular, people who have experienced SARS, they had this, you know, it wasn't necessarily a huge pandemic like Corona, but so they have those supplies, they have that experience and they understand we we just haven't and america is especially the unnamed organization that i work for um 
prides itself on efficiency right. and not having oversupply because things expire. And so we have all these improvement methods to make sure that doesn't happen. So then when a situation like this occurs, there's no backstock. Hmm. So I'm wondering if it's not so much maybe an infrastructure issue, if it, it, but if it's more of a systems issue, where in like South Korea, they, they have processes and procedures that kick into gear, mobilizing, I don't know exactly what's happening there, but I assume they're mobilizing uh, kind of secondary or ancillary support systems that um, can then really scale up their ability to care for populations. Yeah. Because if the infrastructure is set up for um, a pandemic, that is woefully inefficient, right? Yeah, and I can't speak to this, you know, in detail because it's not my realm, but, you know, a lot of the equipment that we use is manufactured and produced in foreign nations. Right. So we don't have control over how we get it and how much we get it, you know, and I've heard things like certain companies are no longer producing cars, but producing ventilators. You know, a lot of these things that we get are from foreign entities. So, you know, we're dependent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that's... Not, and we're not that popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're pretty much dependent, um... Uh, uh, for everything, uh, but that is the nature of the world. We are interdependent. We're not the only dependent country, right? I mean, there is uh, the world depends on our technology. Um, you know, we depend on the world's food. Uh, well, our own here in the Central Valley, but in addition to other sources of food. Uh, so it's a web, and that's what I'm interested about is is the extent to which. Um, this will set a new precedent for collaboration between nations. Mm -hmm. When a virus can spread so quickly, um, how does your employer collaborate with a healthcare system in China so that they are on the same page in real time and can collectively get yeah, out in well, front these, of this? This is the silver lining, right? It was, it's the communication, um, you know, between China, between us, between Korea and Italy. Like there's so much that we can learn from each other mm -hmm. instead of seeing each other as adversaries. So America, we love you, but shut your freaking mouth and <laughs> open your goddamn ears. It's time. We're still good. We're still kind of great. No, we've been given a gift. That's how I'm looking at it. We've been given a gift because this virus for those people who are afraid really expresses itself in mild illness in 80% of people. So you're going to get a you're going to get a little bit sick, you won't need any medical treatment. Yes, the elderly and those with chronic conditions are more more vulnerable, but that's the case with almost any virus. Mm -hmm. It's just the fact that this is new and we don't have a way to treat it, we don't have a vaccine that, you know, it's it's hitting us harder. So these are tough lessons to learn, but we're going to learn so much from this. So when the next thing happens, which it will over time, we're going to be prepared. Mm -hmm. We'd hope. Hopefully. We, 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 we would hope. So uh, what, what, do you, what do you see? Um, oh, girls, let me stop. Do you guys have any questions for uh, your lovely mama? They look point? a little bored. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. We got a little technical right off the bat. <laughs> we'll get you back in here in a minute. So... Um, What's your favorite thing about your mama? Uh, she works hard. Yeah, and she affords us our lifestyle. There's no doubt about that. What's your favorite thing about your mama? Nobody, nobody, nobody you. Right My favorite thing and my least favorite thing? Go. Why do we have to point out the least favorite It's thing? not about, I mean, it is. Just <laughs> speak your piece. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that she is my mother, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <One time>. Okay. <laughs> and my bad thing, that she had her. Oh, oh had okay. Abby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck. You're stuck with your. Right? You're stuck with your sister. Yeah. So um, so I'm curious, like, where where do you where do you where do you see us going with this? Like, uh, uh let's say uh, eight weeks from now, what are you? Uh, what do you see? 
So it's hard to say because, I mean, we all can't predict. I can tell you um, that the hospital census, at least in our hospital, and in the Bay Area, it's much worse. Um, and when you interview Auntie Hannah, I'm sure she can attest to that. But in Roseville and the North Valley area, the census in the hospital is still low. Nobody's seeking um, treatment in the emergency room unless they're truly sick. I think they have the lowest census there that, than they've had in the last probably 20 years. Which is, I got to stop you there. That's crazy, right? Because as 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 worrisome as 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 worried as we are as a people, you know, we just worry about things. Yeah, we're paranoid of so much. The fact that people aren't flooding the ER is is very telling. Well, because we use it for routine healthcare. That's how we're set up. Right. But suddenly there's this shift where yeah. we, you, somebody at the gym the other day said, oh my God, the ERs have to be swamped. And then you said, no, not at all. So somewhere in a very short period of time, people have gotten this information that don't go unless you have to. Right. That's, that's Which is how it should be used. But that's a massive transition in thinking. Right. And I'm wondering... Where's that information coming from? Because I'm not hearing that that much. Well, hearing which part? Like that don't go to the ER. Well, I think that's just human nature because people are fearful. Yeah, but you know, little Johnny has a cough and, uh, you know, mama's going to bring little Johnny because the sky is falling, you know, and that's just not happening anymore. So uh, anyway, I, I just, to me, it's an indicator of kind of a wising up yes. of our population, yeah. which could have, oh, I mean, if we can yeah. do this on a number of fronts, namely our political scene, um, boy, we could we could yeah. change our country in a very short period of time. Our healthcare system, that's how it should operate. That emergency room should only be for true emergencies. Mm -hmm. But so. in the absence of primary care uh, right. for a percentage of the yeah. population, and, you know, and, that's... And I can guarantee it'll go back to where it was. Yeah, yeah. This well, is, there's... This is a temporary thing. There's, there's no... You know, there's no alternative for people right now uh, yeah. that lack adequate health care. So, so the the census, I mean, in the hospital, I mean, they're still pretty full. The people that are there are very sick. Mm -hmm. They're discharging people who don't need to be there a little bit sooner. So um, eight weeks from now, to answer your question, I can't really say. I, I know it's going to get worse. You know, they're talking about deploying um, us to other areas of the hospital because mm -hmm. if staff gets infected, we already have a staffing issue because a lot of nurses aren't, um, able to come to work because there's no one to watch their children. So there's that issue. People are afraid to come to work with even a minor cough, um, and speculation that they might be infected. So there's major staffing issues. If people get sick, then there's not going to be enough workforce. So they're already taking inventory um, and figuring out where they could deploy people. So right now, I'm just trying to figure out how we can take care of the patients that we have in the wound clinic over the next month or months and figure out how we can operate on a skeleton crew so that our other nursing staff can go do more direct patient care. Mm -hmm. um, which scares me a little bit, but also um, I feel like I need to be more involved. That's just my human nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I think a lot of us are just kind of all in. Like, what what can we do to help? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God. As you're saying this, I just keep thinking about uh, my sister, you know, and uh, just that, you know, it's like you're, just diving into a pool that you know is too shallow and you just hope that when you hit, it doesn't mess you up too bad. Well, it's, it's, you know. it's, it's like right now with the situation, it's like going to war without a gun. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Oh, yes. Hannah, get an illegal gun. Find one somewhere. <laughs> or swim goggles. Or sw <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, you know what, though? At the end of the day, the world needs people like Hannah. The world needs people like you. The world needs people like you, too, Lou. They don't need people like you, Abigail. Awesome. 
uh, you're, you're, well, you know, you're just excess. Need, people need people like me because I am a cat whisperer. So how oh. to whisper to people's cats? And what is the world to do in the absence of cat whispering? I mean, like, it would end. Which we just gave like away. Like times 10. Yeah. We just gave away a sneak preview of tomorrow's episode where we will interview the Imperial Majesty, Mr. Nixon. He doesn't Why don't have a we lot... just show him right now? He doesn't have a anyways? lot to say, but when he does speak, it is profound. It's because I whispered to him. So, you know, as this goes down, we're uh, day two. Um, I will say I know that the world, uh, our communities are inundated with concerns about the health of others. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm really most concerned about the, right now, about the financial welfare of so many of the people that we know. You know, you look at these small businesses that are shuttering. You look at, we have dear friends that are, whether in the, 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 the liquor and wine industry, um, the gym industry, um, you know, the bike industry, uh, construction, you, you know, you name it. Um, you know, there's no easy way through that either. Um, and I hope, I'm hoping that we can collectively band together as a country and, and more so as a community and uh, throw these people a lifeline. So not that anybody other than maybe one or two listeners will hear this, but you know what? God damn it. Buy local. It is more important now than ever before. So girls, anything to add before we sign off? Can I press the Use button? hand sanitizer. Yep. Soap and water also works. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, there's no hand sanitizer in the hospital. For so, so for all of you who took our hand sanitizer and hoarding all the supplies. A pox upon your house. <laughs> We're using soap and water in the hospital and swim goggles. Thank you very much. All righty. Well, that about wraps up this Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Dinner uh, was delicious, uh, but you was... didn't let me. Finish. Oh, it's cold boy. Now. And, you know, great food. Uh, we're fortunate to have it. Uh, we were short on a Guinness, but we I had a, <laughs> I had a little splash of rum instead. A little Caribbean style. But um, anyway, be safe. Be happy. Love each other. Live. We'll get through this. Don't die. Peace. <laughs>